friend, I'm sure you know the lyrics of Destiny's Child's famous song, Survivor. You know the beat, right? But today, I want to introduce you to the heartbeat of an actual survivor. Stay tuned for an incredible interview about hope, power, and overcoming. I'm Ashley White, the host of Joy on the Journey podcast, a weekly podcast all about defining, finding, and maintaining joy on the journey of life. I have promised inspiring, vulnerable, and transparent conversations. And this week, I am so excited to have my good sis, my soror, Miss Cassandra Berkeley present. She is a survivor of growing up in poverty, overcoming and high school rape, and many other life obstacles. Cassandra has over 16 years of experience working with children and families. She uses her obstacles as stepping stones of greatness. She is a living example of conquering the obstacles of painful experiences. I've already mentioned that she is my beloved sister of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Sis, thank you so much for joining the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I have already mentioned that the podcast is about defining, finding, and maintaining joy. So in this season, season two, if you didn't already know, <laughs> I want to start off a little different. Instead of just asking about your definition of joy, which we'll get to, as you think back over your life, what were some moments or a moment that gave you supreme joy? The first moment that actually comes to mind is probably the birth of my daughter. Mm -hmm. um, it was extremely powerful and joyous to just go through the experience of birth with her, um, especially being that I, all my life, I wanted to be a mom, mm -hmm. right? And um, I actually didn't have her until I was 39 years old, which for a lot of people is very late. They called, you know, um, they called it a geriatric birth, right? And so um, having that moment was, um, I think, the pinnacle of joy for me. Now, prior to her birth, how had you defined joy? Prior to her birth, I would say joy to me is being able to see beyond what you are experiencing or, or dealing with and being able to still smile and know that there is hope beyond whatever it is that you're experiencing. Mm. And we've talked about in your bio how you have overcome some painful experiences. So in those moments when you were overcoming, what were you leaning on and depending on? Mainly my my spirituality, my relationship with, with Christ, my relationship with God, just knowing that, um, like, you know, the old preachers used to say, trouble don't last always, you know, um, just really believing that and not only believing it, but experiencing it, you know, um, going through a lot of the things that I went through in childhood, um, 
young adulthood, you know, even in current years or recent years, um, just leaning on God and knowing that weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning and being able to experience those mornings over and over again, yeah. you know, going to bed, weeping, but waking up with a renewed hope or a renewed, um, inspiration, you know, or something, but definitely my relationship with God, um, has definitely been the focal point or what, where my dependency has lied in order for me to truly experience joy. And did you grow up going to church or was this something you, your faith grew as you became an adult? I did. I grew up in the church. We went to Sunday school. We went to church. Um, my mom made sure we went to church every Sunday. I spent the summers with my grandmother in Mississippi. <laughs> and so she made sure we was we were up for Sunday school and all of those things. But I will, I'll be honest and say, as a young girl, church was church, right? It was something I was checking off the box. Mm. But as I got older, I moved from religion to relationship. Oh, that's good. So it was more about my communion with God. It was more about um, let me hear God speak to me and not just what I'm hearing from the pulpit. And so um, as I grew in my relationship with God, my definition or my desire to be in church changed, right? Before I was going because I was supposed to go, right? I was going because I was told to go. But as my relationship began to grow, my personal relationship, I was going because I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's where I am now. I go because I want to go. There is something about the coming together of God's people mm -hmm. that brings about this level of inspiration, encouragement, um, and just the power of connectivity, you know, when you're in, in space with other believers. That's good. I agree. I absolutely agree. I want to move to your personal journey. Mm -hmm. Your life has been the definition of a journey <laughs> filled with mountaintop moments and some valley moments. Yes. How have those moments inspired you to offer medical um, medical guidance to families, especially children with special needs? As a child, we grew up very impoverished. You know, I remember, you know, food stamp days. I remember um, living in shelters. I remember moving from place to place and living with friends of my mom and things of that nature. So um, coming up in that type of environment, it it does something to you as a child. And I don't think I realized it until I was much older, just some of the, even now the drive that I have, you know, came from those experiences and some of it's good and some of it's bad. You know, I kind of, in some instances had to pull myself back because I realized some of the things I was doing was a trauma response. Like, mm. Oh, I can't, I can't let this happen again. So I got to do X, Y, and Z. And it would create this level of anxiety or stress, you know, overwhelming myself. However, um, the good side of it was growing up and experiencing that um, in, in, in childhood, it really gave me this desire to want to help other people, mm -hmm. right? It gave me this desire to see, um, to help people to overcome the way that I overcame. Um, a part of that journey also was me, you know, being raped in high school. Mm. Um, our house was broken into and um, I was raped by a stranger. And 
that was very devastating for me. You know, I felt a lot of shame. I felt um, embarrassed. I felt um, I was alone. I, I didn't have anyone I could talk to. We didn't really talk about it at home. It was kind of like this unspoken thing. Mm -hmm. And so thinking back on what that experience was like for me, gave me this drive to say, I don't want anyone else to ever feel alone. I don't want anyone else to feel like they have to be ashamed of something that they have gone through, that they have overcome. I don't consider myself a victim. I consider myself a survivor. And as a survivor, I have leaned towards using the experiences that I have gone through and using the education that I have gained to not just help children with special needs, but help families, adults, women, men, couples, you know, um, I take those experiences along with my clinical, you know, expertise in, in education to give back to those, to give them hope that they can, they can overcome whatever they've experienced. Mm. Language is so important mm -hmm. and you have named yourself, you have owned the title of survivor instead of victim mm -hmm. um, in your circumstances. Did this come about through therapy, through prayer, through a combination? How did you get to this point of, of strength and ownership? Um, a couple of things. Um, the support that I had around me, mm -hmm. you know, people that I had in my life that saw greatness in me, even when I didn't see it, um, who were able to speak to that. Um, I actually didn't go to therapy until later in life. Okay. Um, I went to therapy, I think in my early thirties, if I remember correctly. Um, when I went through the rape, my mom actually asked me, um, did I want to go to therapy? And I said, no, mm -hmm. I was 16 at the time. And in my mind, therapy was for crazy people, you mm -hmm. know, in my mind, I felt like if I went to therapy, I was going to be judged. Or I was going to be ridiculed or looked down upon. And so I didn't go to therapy. And a big part of me, and it's not my mom's fault because she didn't know any different, but a big part of me wished that she had pushed me to go to therapy because I feel like there's a lot of things I experienced in between that I probably could have avoided had I gone to therapy a lot earlier. But when I did go to therapy... I, I learned, I began to learn to recognize trigger responses and I began to learn how to um, assess my perspective about things. And that's where that whole perspective of survivor versus victim comes from, because you, you learn basically an unraveling of the way you used to think about things into, in order to see things in a more positive way. Mm -hmm. So would you recommend that anyone goes to therapy or that anyone can benefit from therapy? Yes, most definitely. I think everybody could benefit from therapy. <laughs> therapy is, um, is, is an outlet, you know, therapy is an outlet for you to, to share, to talk and for you to gain insight on the things that you've experienced. And there's different types of therapy. But one thing that I love about if you're going to see a clinical licensed therapist, they are bound, we are bound mm -hmm. by the law. We cannot share that information. And a lot of people say, well, I don't want to tell anybody my business or mm -hmm. I don't want people to know. And it's important for, for everyone to know that therapy is a safe space. 
you can go there, be your full authentic self, right? (laughs) Your full authentic self and, and know that you won't be judged. You won't be looked down on. And most importantly, what you share will remain in those walls. That's important for everyone because I think there still is a stigma surrounding therapy, especially in the African-American community and especially for African-American women Mm -hmm. who have this banner of we're strong, we can handle it all, Mm -hmm. that going to therapy and opening that door Mm -hmm. is, uh uh-oh, now I have to deal with Mm -hmm. or address the things that I have just accepted to be. Mm Um, so thank you for acknowledging, one, the legal part of what I share is between me and, and my therapist. So I do want to talk about COPE. Okay. Can you let the audience know what it stands for and its purpose? Yes. So COPE is, it stands for Conquering the Obstacles of Painful Experiences. Um, And basically it's twofold. So I have a nonprofit arm of COPE and then I have a for-profit arm of COPE. Both kind of coincide and do the same thing, right? The goal and the mission of COPE is to help individuals use their life obstacles as stepping stones to greatness. And so I believe that in my, the title of my website is more than cope, right? Mm -hmm. I believe that we have been put here to do more than just cope. Coping is good, but I want to help people conquer. Mm. So we don't, we, I'll teach you some coping mechanisms. I'll teach you some techniques, but I want you to apply those techniques. So you're no longer coping. You're not conquering and you're able to walk as a survivor as well. That's good. That's good. And so what have been some of the success stories, if you can call it that, from the programs? I would definitely say um, just seeing people's lives change. You know, it's funny. I actually just got a card in the mail, surprisingly, the other day um, sent to my P.O. box. One of my my clients sent me a card and I rarely check my P.O. box. (laughs) And I went by there and I was like, what is this? And it was a card. And she was just saying, thank you for walking this journey with me, you know, and allowing me to be myself. And sometimes, you know, as therapists, we just do what we do, right? This is what I feel like I've been called to do. I feel like I've been, been, it is my um, purpose in life, but to hear from other people that they are seeing change in their life and, um, and to witness that, that is the most rewarding benefit of, you know, providing cope services and doing therapy, Um, with individuals you just mentioned something that I want to poke on for a bit that therapy is your purpose Mm -hmm. when did you realize that therapy was a part of your purpose or providing therapy therapeutic services was a part of your purpose oh that's a tough one um I have always been called like the mama bear (laughs) you know that is the (laughs) most appropriate definition (laughs) always been called the mama bear so in high school in college it was just I was always the person just kind of giving guidance and giving advice and so it just kind of fit you know um and and I loved it and it I, I really can't pinpoint a moment where I just knew this was my purpose I have always had a passion since I was a young girl to help people mm-hmm. and um I do not believe that anything that we go through is worthless. Mm -hmm. 
And so because of the experiences that I was able to overcome, it just, for me, it just fit right into what I felt like God was leading me to do. I didn't, you know, I've seen this comment on social media and other places, God doesn't waste your pain. Right. And so I just felt like because I was able to overcome such tumultuous, tumultuous experiences in life that God wanted me to use that to show other people to be a living example Mm -hmm. that your circumstances don't have to define you. You can change the narrative of of your life at any point, right? It doesn't have to happen at 10, 16, 20 at any point in your life. You can change the trajectory regardless of what you have experienced. And so I think confirming moments throughout my life have um, just kind of confirmed that purpose, but I can't identify this one moment, Mm. you know, where I'm like, okay, this is my purpose. I have to walk in it. How important do you think it is for someone to identify their God given purpose? I think it's very important, but I also have to be honest and say, sometimes it's very difficult, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Because, you know, there's a lot of things uh, we may want to do, right? It's a lot of things that we may desire to do. Um, um, the The word of God tells us many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord who establishes his steps, right? And so it's important for us to walk in purpose, but we also have to take the time to actually confirm what that purpose is, right? And sometimes you got to fumble a little bit before you actually know, okay, this is the direction that I need to go in and what I need to walk in. But it's very important to be able to identify that as early as possible um, so that you can feel fulfilled in the work that you do. That's good. And I ask her these purpose questions because let me just tell you a little bit about my sis. She is a published author, a playwright, a poet, a pastor, an international speaker, and a licensed clinical worker. How? (laughs) Like, did God give you more hours in the day? You can tell it's our secret. It can be our secret. (laughs) How and when did you decide to tap into all of the talents that God granted you? How <laughs> and when? Um, I don't know how. <laughs> I think for me, I have to compartmentalize things, you know, and there are so many things that I have a passion for. But this one thing I will say about all the things that you mentioned, they all connect. Okay. Right. They all connect to conquering the obstacles of painful experiences. Mm. When I write a poem, it's about conquering the obstacles of painful experiences. When I write a play, it's about conquering the obstacles of painful experiences. When I speak, it's in, in an environment to a crowd. It is, I am tying in how do you conquer the obstacles of your painful experiences? So as I am doing these pockets of things, they are all reconnecting right back to my purpose, right? And so... When I decide or when I feel led to take on something new, um, I have to shift my focus from one of those other things to whatever it is that is calling for my attention at that time. Um, And it has been a balancing act Mm -hmm. or an attempt to balance. (laughs) Um, But I I just believe that, um, you know, when God has called you something, he creates space in your mind, you know, he he creates space in your life. And it's, it's up to us to decide what we're going to do with that time, Mm -hmm. right? I can spend two hours a day, 
um, or two hours scrolling social media, or I can spend two hours working on my script, right? Yeah. I can spend the weekend shopping and going to brunch, or I can spend the weekend maybe brunch on Sunday, <laughs> but on Saturday, you know, I'm working on my next workshop, right? And so it is about compartmentalizing that time and using the space that has already been created in my life to make sure that I am able to continue to allow the visions that God gives me to manifest. Mm -hmm. And I want to personally share and publicly recognize you are an incredible accountability partner and prayer partner. There have been so many moments um, over the past several years where I have reached out to you for guidance, for counsel, for prayer. Um, Literally so many moments. And I know I am not the only one that is reaching out to you for wisdom and insight. And I want to thank you publicly for always taking my calls and responding to my text messages. Um, I appreciate it because I know the demands of your time. And um, I just want to thank you. Well, thank you. Um, it's one, my pleasure. And I want to personally thank you as well. I know for a while we were praying regularly, <laughs> right? We had scheduled prayer time and it was so beneficial for me. You know, um, being the person that a lot of people come to, it is awesome to have someone that I can go to, mm -hmm. that I can trust, that I know is going to give me, you know, the word as well as accountability. And so I thank you as well because um, you have been a great great resource to me so I appreciate you too sis so it, it, it goes both ways I want to ask because you have such a heart for service how do you preserve yourself when you are pouring out so much to so so many um, impactful works right mm -hmm. but how do you preserve yourself I think self having a self-care regimen is very important mm -hmm. um even though to the public eye, it looks like I do a lot. <laughs> it really, it looks like I do a lot, but I. <laughs> <laughs> it is because you do, friend. I, okay, I do a lot. Yes, Thank I you. do a lot. I think it looks like I do more okay. than what I actually do. But um, I am intentional about taking time for myself. Okay. You know, I will turn my phone on, do not disturb. I will go get a massage. I will go get a mani-pedi. You know, I will do these things. I will shut everything down and spend time with my daughter, you know, uninterrupted time. You know, I will take trips. I will do now. I haven't been able to do some of that as much lately, but when I get to that point where I'm feeling overwhelmed or my, I can tell my stress levels are getting too high or I'm taking on too many things, I will push the pause button, mm. you know, and um, pushing that pause button allows me to rejuvenate, to refresh, you know, and be able to come back even stronger. Mm, that's good. So we've talked about your daughter as she is being raised. She's beautiful, by the way. <laughs> what do you hope that she is learning from you? Mm, that is a good question. Um, I hope that she is learning to never take no for an answer. Mm. That's what I hope she's learning. I hope that because um, she is she is such a bright light, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I'm biased. I'm her mom, but she is such a bright light. She is so gifted and talented at such a young age. And it just comes out in these unexpected ways. And I just hope that she never lets anyone dim her light. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I hope that she gets that from me because there was a time when I did let others dim my light and I'm glad she doesn't know that person. Mm-hmm. I, I'm glad she knows the person that's willing to take chances, that's willing to take risks, that's willing to lay it all on the line for purpose. And I hope that she does the same to the hundredth power that she will, that she will go for her dreams and, and never take no for an answer. I love that. I love that you are such an inspiration to not just the little ones, but to those in your circle Mm -hmm. that taking risks and maximizing all the gifts that God gives us. Something that I am learning in this season is God has given us more, so much more and Mm -hmm. an abundance Mm -hmm. of things that we just have to tap into and let him know, oh, I'm ready. Mm hmm. And he will provide the overflow. Yes, for sure. you are an example of that. We have to let her go. Um, But before we do, we have one final segment. Okay. And it is your journey ahead. As you seek the Lord for the next phase of your joy journey, would you dare share with the audience your vision, your prayer for yourself, for your family, um, for your businesses? For the next five years. In the next five years. So I'll be 45 this year. I know I look 25, but I'll be 45. And us. (laughs) But I'll be 45 this year. And and I'm going to be bold and I'm going to speak this in faith and I'm going to decree it and declare it. I want to retire at 50. Yes. And when I say retire, I don't mean retire from purpose. I mean retire from working for other people. Mm. Because I want to be able to fully dedicate myself to doing the things that I know God has called me to. Um, I am currently working on getting investors for the production of my first film, Mm -hmm. um, which I believe will come to fruition within the next five years. Um, And so I want to be able to use my time, all of my time, just to give back, to pour out, and to really truly help people use their obstacles as stepping stones to greatness. And when you're working for someone else, you don't always have that freedom. And I want to be able to have that freedom in the next five years um, to be able to do that 100% of the time, not part-time, but 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, I believe that for you, sis. Thank you. The freedom to focus on purpose Mm -hmm. because we need you (laughs) to free, to be free to focus on purpose people's freedom is waiting on you thank you absolutely so how can someone find you if they're like i need that conquering power <laughs> well you can reach me on social media my instagram is at more than cope.com i'm sorry at more than cope is my instagram my website is um, more than cope.com um, so they can schedule consultations on my website or reach out to me on social media. Um, I also have a Facebook at Cope Inc, um, C-O-P-E Inc on Facebook as well. So those are the quickest ways to reach me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if there's anyone out there that you've heard something, I'm sure you have heard something that, you know, I need to tap into that. Um, Please get in touch. Please, please, please get in touch. And let us know, what was your favorite takeaway things that you had to go, wait, what was that she said? Back, 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 back. And copy, write down, 
Be sure to share this episode with a friend or two or three like. And if you write a comment, especially on the podcast platforms, that helps us be more discoverable. But until we gather again every single Thursday, may God increase your joy, grant you strength for the journey, and give you the courage to tell your story. Bye, friends. Mm-hmm.